think recording a podcast in a moving vehicle is hard, you should try editing it. This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. I am your host, Jay Arnold. Welcome to episode 54. Coming to you from U.S. Highway 54. Almost as if we planned it. We didn't. We didn't plan nope. it. Nope. <laughs> Joining me in our high-tech, super special, mobile recording studio is super guest, Chris Arnold. Howdy, folks. Also known as Not Jay on the Rockies War Room vid- vidcast on the YouTubes. And joining us for the first time on the audio podcast, you've seen him on the YouTube with my Kill Team unboxing video and his own foam wreckage tutorial video. It's my partner in crime, my mini-me, Master J, Joey. Hello there, people. So, so you may be asking yourself, well, why are they recording in a 2011 Ford Edge hurtling down the road at a speed that's not going to be reported because <laughs> it, it might surpass local local speed laws. We plead the fifth. We are on our way to the Recruits Convention in Lee Summit, Missouri, just outside Kansas City. At least I'm in high school. At least I'm in high school. Our alma mater, my brother Chris, class of the class of 1989. Myself, of the class of 1993. Before I was even born. Before Joey was even born. So I'm nine years old, so that means I was born in 2010. Yep, that is correct. So, true fact... Joey was born nine months and four days after I got back from Afghanistan. I tell everybody that. <laughs> so well, well, people in uh, uh, what was it uh, Azerbaijan now know. Oh yeah, I'm huge in Azerbaijan. <laughs> all, all four of them. So anyhow, uh, <laughs> so anyhow, the three of us are on our way to recruits. It is our favorite wargaming convention. Bar none. Absolutely. Um, there are larger conventions. There are conventions that are closer to us geographically. But we love going to recruits. The energy, the atmosphere that showrunner Dwayne Fleck has imbued within the show is just spectacular. And watching it grow from the first... I think the first one I went to was 2004... 2005, something like that. I might have actually been, a, I might have actually gone to the first one. Was that uh, when it was down in the uh, cafeteria? Yeah, it was down in the cafeteria, and it uh, has just grown, and it's getting bigger and bigger every year. They're taking up more and more real estate in the school. And keep in mind, this is a huge high school that we went to. Um, it was huge when we went, they've expanded on it. Um, but it's... It's uh, it's just a great show. the The whole point of the show 
and you can go back and listen to my episode with Dwayne when we talked about recruits. The whole point is to get people, get kids especially, uh, in front of some tabletop games and introduce them to the hobby and just have a great time playing the games we, we love. And hence the name recruits. Uh, it's just a great, it's just a great atmosphere. Everybody that runs games there understands the mission of the show. They fully support it. They they bring their best. Uh, the sh- the tables always look great. They're always great scenarios. Um, people are patient and in a tutorial mode if need be. And it's. The dealer support that they get is great also. Um, they always have a nice, nice, I call it dealer alley, because it's basically in the same room. It's basically in a large gymnasium, and around the perimeter of the gymnasium is the dealer's room, and or, and then all the games are in the interior of the gym, and it's just a, just a great experience all the way around. Uh, it's kind of a home. It's it's literally a homecoming for for Chris and me because you know that's that's where we went to high school. We get to see where we went and see what the school's been up to since we've been gone, and also uh, meet up with some old gaming friends. And that brings us to the other reason we're going to recruits because this year we are starting our own lardy game event within the confines of recruits we are starting what we're calling lard summit and uh, chris arnold chris copeland joel franklin david churchill and myself are are all running Don't me. Don't uh, joey's me. joey's gonna help yeah. are are all gonna be running uh two fat lardies games of one type or another example, Chris Copeland and Joel Franklin are both running Chain of Command games. Uh, David Churchill is running Charlie Don't Surf. Chris Arnold is running What a Tanker, and I'm going to be running What a Space Tanker. Now, interesting interesting to note is Chris is also running another game at Recruits that is not a Lardy's game, but in fact it is Fistful of Lead, Galactic Heroes from Wiley Games. Uh, and just to sidetrack just a little bit, to say that the week leading up to this convention has been a flurry of activity is, is a gross understatement, as both myself and Chris have been moving house uh, in, the week, in the week prior. You out and me in. Yeah, this kind of playing musical chairs with my home, but that's okay, and Chris has got an unfair advantage because that rotten jerk, he actually had almost all of his stuff ready for the convention weeks, if not months ago. Pretty much, yeah. Um, well, it's, I blame uh, Matt over at Rocky's uh, War Room. He got me... Uh, joining him on a weekly basis on a video cast and I've been actually painting which is something I had not been doing previously so I got a lot of stuff done and it's, it's all his fault so 
blame whom whomever you wish. <laughs> However, this last this last week, I kept telling myself, okay, well, I'll do the I'll do the house moving stuff, and then once things quiet down at home, I'll go ahead and I'll get some hobby. I'll get some hobby time in, then I'll go to bed, and then I've got, I've got 13 days before the con. It'll be okay. I'll, I can I spend 30 minutes a night. It, it'll it'll all work out. And then it became, okay, there's there's 10 days left. <laughs> there's 10 days left. I spend, you know, 40, 45 minutes a night. I'll get caught up. It's, there's not going to be a problem. Five days left. If I stay up an hour after all the house moving stuff's done. So this morning I was up at 545. <laughs> and it's just been a, a flurry of activity getting getting the last bits done and I'm and I'm glad I did. My terrain and the and everything for the table's not quite where I want it to be. The playtesting isn't quite where I want it to be, but it, it's I, I it's beyond good enough. I think it's gonna work out very nicely. Um, taking a page from Mike Whitaker's uh, book, Hello Mike, uh, and his bloody Omaha table that he that he was put together for the Peterborough War Games Club. Uh, such luminaries as Richard Clark and Nick Skinner of Two Fat Lardies have stated that every time they see that table, it gets better and better. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of this isn't this is not the last time I'm going to have this table out at a convention. I can add to it. I can improve on it, and I feel good about that. Well, just from seeing the individual pieces that you've presented, you know, either through photos on Twitter or the, uh, the Facebooks, or that you personally have seen. Well, you personally watched me feverishly yes. splashing paint on. Um, <laughs> there is that. Uh, the individual pieces look great. Um, definitely uh, presentable. I think they look presentable. I wouldn't say they look great. I think they some, look presentable. Some, some things look great. Your roads, your roads look great. I've I've already thought about how I'm going to improve the roads, so I don't think they're great yet. All right. Um, I I will say that once we get everything put together, and I've used the the phrase before, the entire tableau. Uh, once the entire tableau is presented, I think it's gonna it's gonna come together. It's gonna look nice. Yeah. Just as you wouldn't looking at a painting, you wouldn't focus on a particular figure or a particular brush brush stroke. But you look at the entire thing. I think when you look at the entire table, it's gonna it's gonna look pretty decent. So yeah, I think it's gonna come together real nice. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. So. Um, Coming up for the rest of the episode, we're going to talk to the folks at Recruits. We're going to go through the registration process. Um, speaking of registration, when you walk up and you pay your your entry fee, as as we've discussed before many times, you know, for a convention, a uh, three day long convention, two and a half hour, you want to call it, Friday afternoon and evening. All day Saturday, good chunk of Sunday. You might be looking, you might be looking, minimum twenty bucks, thirty-five bucks in some cases, forty-five. Heck, if you go to Gen Con, you're you're pushing a hundred. You're pushing a hundo. Recruits, five 
dollars. Five American dollars, folks. That's all it costs to get in the door. Five American dollars? Five, five American Ameri dollars? Five American dollars. Say it with me, people. Five American, American dollars. dollars. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Dang. <laughs> Tricked us. Got him. Tricked us. You're too crafty for me, bro. But what about students? What about students? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you are a student at, a registered student at an accredited institute of learning, then your entry fee is waived. It is free for students. Zero. Zero dollars. Now, this year, they also have, they put together a swag bag, which can be yours for the low, low price of five dollars. Five dollars? Five dollars. Five dollars? Five American dollars, that's right. Say it with me, people. Nope, you're not getting me this time. Five. <laughs> Fooled me once, shame on you. Fooled me twice. Dollars. Shame on me. So, it's, uh, as we as we go through the registration, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the, the registration process. It's pretty easy. Pay your five bucks, pay your additional five bucks for the swag bag, get a neat little name tag, and off you go. And it's uh, first come, first serve on the on the games. Uh, there's no ticket system or anything like that, You and there's no additional fee for playing the games. Uh, they do have a, they have a Suffering Better Half uh, program where wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, whoever that doesn't participate... Uh, they get it for free, just as long as they don't play games as well. So it's it's really a great environment. Uh, it's the folks that are running games understand that the mission of the show is to get people uh, it's to get people interested in tabletop gaming and to get folks uh, in front of tabletop games get them to catch catch the fever for for this great hobby of ours and uh, so really nice displays really nice uh, scenarios put together folks are in a tutorial mode anyway so it all works out very nicely so in addition to our games that we're running a couple other games that we're looking forward to seeing uh, Jay Wiley with Wiley Games is going to be there running a couple different fistful of lead games. Chris Chris Cluckey, who we've talked about before with his gorgeous, gorgeous 54mm French Indian War games, uh, he's going to be there. Uh, we're going to talk to Jay and Chris both. A uh, couple of folks that I know from long-time gaming in the Kansas City area are going to be there. want to talk to them as well. Um, there's a couple industry folks that are going to be there besides Jay that we want to talk to. So, in addition to that, we're going to talk to everyone who's putting on a game for Lard Summit. We want to talk to folks that are new to Lardy Games and are playing Lard Summit. So we'll talk to them. You're going to hear that. You're, you're going to hear them coming up also. By the time we publish, of course, we'll be sending out photos and maybe even small snippets of video out on Twitter and you, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all the usual places. So you will have already seen those, but uh, every once in a while we'll we'll just see what happens and keep an eye out. And we're looking forward to giving you a 
Arnold's eye view of the recruit experience. And, uh, oh, can't forget, definitely want to talk to Dwayne, the, the heart and soul of, of the recruit show. And, uh, oh, I should say Dr. Dwayne Flake yes, now. Yes, doctor, yes. Uh, Dwayne. Why a doctor? Dwayne was conferred, well, had a doctorate conferred upon him from the University of Kansas uh, within the last couple of weeks, actually. So we'll be congratulating him as well. So anyway, uh, stay tuned. Yes, exactly. Stay tuned. Uh, keep listening. We're going to have a little spot of music, and then we'll be back to the show. All right, we're in Lee Summit High School. We have paid our five bucks to get in. We paid our five bucks for our swag bags. Master J got in for free being a student. Way to go. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at what they had in the 2019 swag bag. First off, it's a it's a nice, not super nice, but it's serviceable tote bag. Screen, yellow ink. Looks nice. First off, there's a Lee Summit High School cup, plastic cup, which I'm down with being a graduate nice bottle of water okay what else we got we got uh from sir hob war games that's uh, actually Dwayne flex business uh link in the show notes i look like a fiery you know some some cotton that's been dyed red and yellow for knocked out vehicles that's handy oh there's a there's a ministry in here what is this says, welcome to Recruits 2019. It's the Enforcer Cav or Cav Strike Operations. Compliments of Talon Games. Uh, Talon Games is here in force. We'll be talking to them at some point. There's a base from Secret Weapon. Looks like a textured base. Looks like kind of a rocky thing. Let's see. What do we got here? There's some sort of raffle ticket. We've got all kinds of Oh, it's a whole whole bunch of stuff. What's this? Well, we got a recruits pin, and it's the type of clicky pin I like that Bic makes. Well, I like those. Uh, let's see what else they got. Uh, some looks like some flags for modern Russian armored column. That's from the square. Looks nice. Let's see what we got. Uh, coupon valid for one free play admission to Pawn and Pint, which is a board gaming pub here in Kansas City. There's a 50% off your first cluster truck order. Fresh flavors, fast delivery. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Jimmy John's free free sandwich card. Five minutes or less, people. Five free a free child ticket for the Kansas City Renaissance Festival. Let's see. Some a fruit snack. Some post-it notes. Let's see what else we got. Ooh, what's this? Some. F- never thought I would be holding a small Ziploc baggie of a granulated green substance at a high school, but there it is. No, it's, it's just some flocking. Let's see, we got a pencil from MC, I don't know what that is, it's a pencil anyway. Oh, a paintbrush, 
let's see what else there is. is there a meeple? There's a wooden meeple. Ooh, wooden meeple. Just burned. And a Recruits 2019 bingo card where you go and meet folks and have them sign your card and whatnot and go from there. So, anyway, wait, nice wait, swag bag. And puff dog, puff dog, little puffy duck. Puff dogs, little blue guys, you know, with some space, they're a little dumb. And Joey's got a little card for a for a game that's got a critter in it called a puff duck. So anyway, there you go. So that's what's in the swag bag, and we're gonna go look around and meet some folks and see what we can see. We're here. It's uh, recruits in the dealer area. Uh, day two. We are here with the first friend of the show, Tim Spikowski. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Jay? I am really pleased to be here. Um, a lot of great energy going on. Uh, you've got your stand set up for Footsore North America. North, yeah, Footsore. Yeah, Footsore North America. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And for those that aren't in the know. Uh, if you've been a longtime listener, you know Tim was the first friend of the show. He was our official sponsor with Kings Games and Hobbies first, and then Special Arts and Service mi- Miniatures. Made a lot of transitions over the years, and now he is Footsore North America. That's right. So how did how did that come along briefly? Well, I was looking to expand my ranges, and I saw a need to have a U.S. Uh, a U.S. guy here for footsore. And I wanted to offer the products. I'm also able to cast and produce the footsore miniatures here in St. Louis. So it was a win-win situation. And uh, both Andy Hobday and Mark Farr are two terrific guys that I completely trust. So I'm in very good hands. And uh, I'm excited to bring their products, our products here in the United States, and actually be a face for it for, for North America. So. Well, they they're just going from strength to strength with uh, Gangs of Rome coming out earlier, and now Mortal Gods, and they got Test of Honor two coming out soon. That's correct. Yeah. So we uh, Great for Games or Great for Now uh, produces Test of Honor. Uh, the uh, Footsore UK uh, does all the casting, and I am the US distributor for Great for Now. So I I sell the Test of Honors course sets and all the figures and dice and all that stuff. So, how how many times you've been to recruits, Tim? This is probably my fifth time, I'd say. Yeah, I haven't been in about two years, uh, so, but this is the first time I'm actually selling as footsore. So, actually, the first time I've sold anything at recruits because normally I'm just running around like a gypsy, just playing and, and buying. So, yeah. So. Uh, do you have any plans to play anything? Are you going to be able to get a game in any time? No, I'm hoping to be able to play some of Jay Wiley's games. We'll see. Uh, especially the horror in London. I wouldn't mind playing that. I'm looking over at, at the tables, and they're great. They're great. I mean, they look beautiful. So I'm hoping to get into some of that. Yeah, we'll be talking to Jay shortly. Uh, so, well, with that, I think we'll, uh, we'll let you get back to attending to the line here, backing up to look at the foot source stuff and I'll get out of your hair. Thanks for talking with me, Tim. Well, thank you. Tim, we'll be seeing you.
right, we are here uh, talking to Joey, Master Jay, about his thoughts on recruits. Joey, what do you think of the show so far? It's pretty good. I have saw some new things like the majestic puff duck, and there is thirty species of them. I mean, not thirty. 34 species of them. Now, just to clarify, the Puff Duck is the mascot of Puff Duck Games, and they are the publishers of Xenofera, a neat card game that we tried out. It's all about capturing exotic alien animals. And then we also played another game from Puff Duck called Xenofera Alien Market or Galactic Market. That's it. Xenofera Galactic Market, which is a bidding game, and we had a lot of fun playing that, didn't we, Joey? Yes, we did. And as you can tell, he's very excited about the Puff Duck itself, aren't you? Yes, I am. And we're back. We're talking with Terry Miller, who played in the Chain of Command game, hosted by Joel and Chris. And uh, Terry, just to give us an idea of where you're coming from, uh, what kind of game experience do you have? Uh, I'm from the, the Des Moines area, and I have been gaming for uh, 43 years and going to conventions for 43 years. And you... You told me earlier you had a little bit of experience or at least some exposure to the two Fat Lardies games before, but this is your first time playing Chain of Command, is that right? That's correct. And what did you think of the rules? Um, again, it took a little bit to, you know, I would say probably uh, four turns to start to feel comfortable with the, uh, the actual assignment of the, of the dice to the... Uh, individual orders that you that you give. It took probably about four turns to start to feel comfortable with that. It's a lot of dice. You throw a lot of dice, but that's okay. I've, I've been in a lot of games where you roll a lot of dice. So it, uh, after the first uh, business of getting comfortable with it, it, it went pretty easy from that point on. And um, do you normally play World War II games? Uh, no, uh, actually I don't. Uh, I usually only play World War II games at conventions. Otherwise, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. We, we have a group that meets uh, once in a while that they, uh, they play uh, World War II, mostly armor. Uh, I, I'm kind of a pre, or I'm a early gunpowder age and uh, usually do like French and Indian Wars and things along those lines. Okay, so... Uh... Do you think this is the, I guess with uh, exposure to other Lardy games, do you think you might go out and search some of those out for your for your more early early gunpowder type era? I, I don't know how, I, I would I would probably have to see how that applies to that era. Like I was, you know, there was, when we played the game, it was just one on one versus one, one player versus one player. So I was trying to think, well, what would you do with two? If you had two on your side, how do you do the chain of command do you assign them did one person assign them to you know the individual players or does each individual player roll their own or, you know, it's, so I, and I don't know how that how that would work so I, I would have to see it 
are in, in use. Okay. Uh, well, the uh, Lardies do have an early gunpowder game called uh, Sharp Practice, which actually has a which has a slightly different me uh, activation mechanism, card based activation. But okay, uh, I've seen I've seen the the you know it as a as the rule set. I've never played it, though, but I've, I've I've seen it. So I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, definitely uh, highly recommend it. Um, Terry, thanks for taking him in to speak with us. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. You're welcome. Thank you. And we're here now with John Walker of Talon Games, the mastermind the major force behind cav strike operations how you doing john i'm good how are you i am doing great um is this your first year at recruits it is this is my first year up here i've heard a lot about it over the last two or three years from several people in the industry so i thought i'd give it a try well i, I certainly appreciate you coming around uh as i'm sure you know by now my brother and i attended lee summit high school and it's it's a special thing for us to come back and and visit we really enjoy the the atmosphere and I'm glad you brought some demo stuff uh, for your for uh, Cav Strike Op Strike Ops Strike Ops, right? Either one. Uh, the, officially, it's Cav Strike Operations, but Strike Ops is kind of our short nickname version. Okay. Um, so, real quick, for folks that may not be familiar, can you briefly describe Cav Strike Operations? I'm not familiar. <laughs> the game is really designed. It's a, more of a combined arms. Um, obviously, it's named after the calves with the big stompy robot mix, but uh, tanks, infantry, aircraft have just as important role in the game. Um, it's really designed for larger forces uh, to play faster battles with more models. I, I've always hated, you know, having a shelf full of 200 models and trying to play a game and only be able to use four of them. So uh, the damage track system that we use really speeds up the play and makes everybody not be such vanilla versions of each other everybody has different roles that they actually perform in the game it's uh you've got a really nice demo set up here uh you've got a, a paint and take table also looks like yep. uh how's the reaction from the from the folks uh the attendees been here um we've had a lot of uh, people come through here of course paint and take is always does really well everywhere we go especially with the kids um it's a good chance for them to get a free model and sit down and paint and kind of learn a little bit about the hobby sure um but uh yeah it's been a study group through here and we've sold lots of rule books and which is always the ultimate thing i like to do so so far so good now i also have to mention that there's a, a number of uh raffles going on to benefit the Chir children's miracle hospital and i noticed that maybe not all the raffle packages but most of the raffle packages have a have strike operations book in it plus the swag bags the great swag bags that they were selling at the at the door they all included a, a cab miniature i gotta say thank you you know on behalf of the lee summit gaming community for helping out with that well it's my pleasure well, we try to do everything we can to support these i've been in the industry a long time i've run my own convention in the dallas area so i know trying to get things together for people is it's always important and and I'm, I'm really about the hobby. I'm trying to, I, I like people to play. I like people to play my game, try things, but anything we can get them to do to keep the, the hobby alive is, is big. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think, I think what we might do now is uh, 
Joey and I might uh, take a moment to uh, play play a couple demo rounds. What do you think? Yeah, sure. Let's let's do it. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, turn the recorder off and maybe roll some dice for a minute. Thanks a lot, John. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys. And we're here with uh, recruits, head guy, headmaster, Doctor Dwayne Fleck. Dwayne, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired, but we're doing really well. It's been a good day. Yeah, this is the second day of the show, and went pretty late last night, and gonna go pretty late tonight. But that's just how it goes. How how many does this make? I know this is the seventeenth year. I think that's 17th year, and was it 26, 27 shows? I think that's right, 26, 27. And I know that sounds odd to have that many years, how many shows, but we used to do two shows a year. Right. And uh, that um, I was going to get a divorce if I continued to do that. So uh, we moved it to once a year, which makes sense. We have nine months to plan. So um, now I was talking to another attendee, uh, Paul Lichtig, local guy. Mm-hmm. And he said it, it seemed to him that since you've gone to one a year, that that's actually increased the – maybe not the overall attendance, but definitely the attendance for the one show. Uh, possibly. Uh, I also think that we're doing better using social media to reach out. Uh, our, our person in charge of social media, whether it's a Twitter or more importantly our Facebook page, I think that has uh, opened up the doors quite a bit. And we've also started opening, offering more things like uh, classes. Uh, this year we have a couple of guys out here doing our Hobby Zone painting figures. So just creating more activities and events for people to do. Um, I think that all comes into play too. And, um, you know, the, the spring show, we were competing with Adepticon, which is, you know, one of the, the biggest shows in the Midwest. And, and that was hard to compete with. So, um, you know, I think there's probably something what Paul said. But there's also we've been offering more and just publicizing better and getting your word out. Yeah, I think the first one I came to was 2004, and it was still in still in the cafeteria downstairs. Yeah. yeah. And just to see it expand from there to what it is now is just fantastic. We spread out quite a bit last year, and it made it kind of interesting because it didn't look as busy, but it was actually a record number in terms of attendance last year. And I have no idea what our attendance is right now. I no clue. But it it feels crowded and packed because I'm just utilizing the space better. It's kind of a trick. Uh, but you know we have a lot of tournaments going on, and and tournaments increase some attendance. But it gives another another avenue for more activities and events for people to participate in to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen, well, they've got the DBA tournament going on. There's a Middle Earth tournament going on. There's Star Wars Legion going on. I think there's a 40K tournament. There is War Machine again. Uh, They're doing a Key Forge, which is a card game. It's pretty new in the last couple of years. Um, uh, Bolt Action tournament. There is a Flames of War tournament. And uh, I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but um, that's quite a bit. Well, it's not a quiz, so if, no. if you're missing something, that's all right. Um, now, there does seem to be a 
somewhat of a good mix of historical fantasy and sci-fi also and like in years past which is the which is the goal of the show there are an awful lot of kids here a lot of kids and of all ages um and i'm also impressed with the alumni and and you're an alumni of the school and but you've been coming since 2004 but what i'm really happy with are the kids who graduated in the last year or two or three or four years and they're still coming back to the recruits and still gamers and and i do think there's something about a gamer once a gamer always a gamer so it's not something you go, oh, I haven't ridden a bike in 20 years. Well, you're still going to be playing board games or miniature games 20 years from now. I, I guarantee it. So I'm, in, I'm impressed with that, uh, that continuity. And, you know, the older kids and parents, there's more adults who are gaming. And so their children are playing because they're, because they're adults, as adults are doing it. And so, you know, it's, you know, they used to talk a lot about the growing of the hobby, but I, I wonder if it's just not the hobby just hasn't grown and these kids have caught and have finally started to catch up with it right, right. and get that participation in. Now, one thing I also want to mention is that it seems to me on the, I call it dealer's alley, which is, you know, just the perimeter of the field house where the dealers are. It seems to me like as the years have gone on, there's been fewer and fewer retailers and you're adding more and more actual producers of content. You got Jay Wiley with Wiley Games. You got Tim Spikowski with Footsore here. Uh, John with Cap, with Talon Games and Cav Strike Operations is here. And, and others of that ilk, is, is that a concerted effort on your part or is that just happening organically? You know, there's kind of this, oh, I don't know what you want to say, but as your numbers increase, your vendors and the, the types of vendors you get change. And then because you get them, your numbers increase. And then as your numbers increase, different vendors come. It's just kind of this uh, relationship between your attendance and the events you have and the vendors. And, uh, and it can be a struggle. Uh, you know, they travel. Uh, we have uh, Decision Games here this year, first time. They have a beautiful new game, Bleeding Kansas, are kind of moving into that Euro game style where it's less chit-based, more with blocks and, you know, objects that you're moving around. And um, they brought a game called Bleeding, Bleeding, Kans- Bleeding Kansas, but they've come all the way from California for this event. And uh, so we're starting to see that you have to have a certain level of participation or a number of attendees mm-hmm. to make it worth their while to drive across the country and pay for hotel and gas. And um, it used to be a requirement that if you wanted to sell a product, you had to do it. You had to go to these and be an exhibitor to show your work. But obviously in the last 20 years or, or so with the Internet, it's a lot easier to find images on the Internet. So it's hard to attract those those names but at the same time you know you have to work at it and we offer a heck of a deal you know twenty dollars for a vendor table and two passes cost you five dollars to get in so it's basically a ten dollar vendor table and right. and two admissions but we can we have the luxury to do that because of the use of the facility but um you know we're trying to just kind of grow the hobby and and support the the, the region with good vendors good games good players good friends yeah I, I am just blown away each time I come. I'm just continually blown away with what a good job your staff does. Everyone's super friendly. Um, I've been to plenty of other conventions where the staff's frazzled, and you can tell they're frazzled. They may take it out on the what attendees. Frazzled and frazzled mean? It's like frustrated, buddy. Yeah, they're stressed, or there's a lot of anxiety, or and so on. I, we'll have a meeting. 
oh, probably November, just to kind of let the but the the bank book kind of settle, get her numbers counted, and give time to people to get away from it for about six weeks, and then do a good true reflection about okay, what were some issues we saw? What are some problems? And um, we won't discuss solutions. We'll just say these are the things that we saw that we did really well, what we did well, but also where we could improve. And then we'll have our first meeting in January. So it's about a nine-month planning process mm-hmm. to get to where we're at. And uh, we are in need of staff. So if you're in the Kansas City area and you have an interest in helping us run this show, um, there are places for you to do work. I'd love to find somebody who could put together this program for me because... <laughs> I'm dragging my heels with that one. Um, but we have good people that we do a lot of planning. We uh, have uh, side groups where we talk and we're constantly sending messages to each other about we need this and you get that. And we're covering each other's tails when, you know, some email comes through and they didn't get a response. Hey, did you see this and see that? So we're working well together. We meet a lot. So it's not like we just meet once or twice and do the show. It's months and months of planning and trying to look at ways to improve and be better. And, and it's kind of like a customer service. We want to put on a good show, you know, whether it's improving signage or, or what we started last year and continue this year is our support for Children's Mercy Hospital um, network. Uh, they get a lot of items given for younger children at the hospital and not necessarily for mid- middle school, high school age kids who use the hospital. And I go, here we are, a game club, and we don't want to just give money, so we'll use the money that we make to buy things like magic decks or, you know, board games and stuff for the kids. So some people donate games, and some people just buy raffle tickets or donate money, and then we'll buy games. And I think we donated somewhere about three to $4,000 for the games last year. That's, fa- the, that's fantastic. So it's those type of things that add some excitement, you know, and and this year having a 3D printer. Um, donated by a local tech store here. I mean, I want to put it in a ticket, but I obviously <laughs> if I wanted it look real bad. But I mean, what a great, what a great prize for you know buying a dollar raffle ticket. So you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the mission continues to say the least to recruit, recruit new players and young and old of all ages and all types of gaming. And uh, I don't think that will change anytime ever. I hope not. I hope not. And again, I at at the beginning of this of this show, I offered my congratulations. Uh, so I'll offer my congratulations again, Doctor well, Dwayne Fleck. Much. Thank you. I'm still not used to that. It makes me smile. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it, and thanks for the interview. And uh, real quick, what was your uh, what was your dissertation on? Um, having students use his historical visual texts to interpret history and I work with struggling readers and reluctant students and reading complicated primary source documents can be a challenge Mm. but I can get them to read a photograph and be a historian it's win-win and they did well they loved it excellent excellent obviously good enough to get me my doctorate (laughs) (laughs) well Dwayne thanks for sitting down with us and uh and talking about uh if you've not been to recruits before be here be here next year yeah, I, I definitely I, – I can't say enough good about recruits, and I'm constantly going on and on about how great it is on the podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, yes, even you, one of my four listeners in Azerbaijan, come on come on out. It's, it's, worth, it's worth going to. So, Dwayne, thanks a lot, and we'll see you out there on the con floor. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks.
I'm here with Jason Moore of Micro Panzer Wargaming Studio. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with Micro Panzer yet, I re- highly recommend you go out to his site. Link will be in the show notes. Uh, Jason has developed quite a wide and deep range of 15 millimeter science fiction figures and vehicles. Uh, including uh, what Joey's... You can't see this, but Joey's holding a power armor trooper from a race called the... Gatungi. Gatungi, which he which he calls kind of dwarvish, and they've got some nifty burrowing anti-tank and anti-personnel mines that Joey's gotten quite fond of. But uh, real quick, Jason, tell us about your range or ranges and how you've come, how you've come to uh, develop them and all that sort of thing. Well, development's still ongoing, but basically started with uh, humans and an alien race that kind of enslaves everything. So it's like a giant alien race that enslaves other alien races as well as humans. And the humans have been broken down into different factions like many other systems out there to where you get many different flavors of humans. Um, Recently, we've just started development on playtesting the rule system and trying to tie everything together and kind of consolidate. Um, the process has been long and slow, but that tends to be the case when your you know, second job is miniatures, not your first. But other than that, we're just you know, trucking along and hopefully developing a game system where we can go to cons. And we won't really be doing booths, but we'll just be doing playtesting out on the game floor with like business cards to where you can link back to the website because U.S. shipping is always free. Now, you mentioned a, a new game system, and I see that the figures are individually based, so I'm guessing uh, each element's going to, or you're going to have squads, fighting squads, and up to platoon level per player? Yes and no. I individually base them right now because it makes for better photos, and I think the norm, the, the I would call it the vocal minority, likes them individually based whereas every game system i've ever seen is always group figures for a tournament based system for ease of play and and speed so we're working on both aspects to where maybe just the grunts are group based and your specialist will be individually based as well as your heroes or you can choose to base them for an added bonus you know okay so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that, and then I hope once you get, maybe in the near future, we'll uh, we'll get together because we've actually got a little bit of history together. We both went to Lee Summit High School. We we're in the same graduating class, '93, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, be able to sit down in the future and and talk a little bit more about Micro Panzer and where it's going and all that. Sounds great and funny note is jay actually was one of the first people to teach me how to paint miniatures back in the 40k days yeah that was uh that would have been right around second edition coming out so i remember not actually we're just outside the hallway of the bernard c campbell performing arts center and i was sitting there reading a white dwarf magazine and jason came up (laughs) and said hey what's that and the rest as they say is history absolutely absolutely 
So, uh, Jason, it's great to see you. I always enjoy running into you here at Recruits. Um, you've been pretty much at every Recruits, or at least since you started Micropanzer, you've, you've been at every Recruits, right? I actually started uh, three Recruits into it, and I didn't start with Micropanzer. I started just as a hobbyist painting miniatures, and Micropanzer was developed in 2003 as a Flames of War paint for hire commission paint site. And then Micropanzer in 2006 is when I started developing my own range of miniatures. And I'm actually the vendor coordinator for recruits and do a lot of behind the scenes to get this happening. Yeah, you've, you've got a great range, of a great uh, width and depth of vendors here this year. And the best I've seen yet. So hats off to you for making that happen. Appreciate it. It's a team effort, but thank you. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely get together in the in the near future. Talk a little bit more about Micropanzer. And again, I can't tell you enough. Uh, if you're listening, if you haven't checked out Micropanzer.com, you need to go check it out because he's got some really fantastic miniatures. Uh, I will be doing more with uh, 15 mil sci-fi in the in the upcoming year. So my pocketbook might not like that, but I'll I'll definitely be checking some Micropanzer stuff out. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> Jason, thanks for taking some time to talk to us today. It's great to see you again. Wait, no problem. Wait, Good to I see you too. I have one last thing to say. What? What, are, what is this? That is a DNA recovery alien for the Gatangi, where during the battlefield, as the soldiers fall, that unit goes around and collects vital DNA because the race itself, as part of its back history, cannot reproduce biologically. They have to use science and stuff. It's still being worked out. And I'm now here with Jay Wiley of Wiley Games, friend of the show. Friend of the show, yes. Absolutely. Uh, previous guest, uh, link to Wiley Games and link to the previous uh, episode will be in the show notes. Uh, Jay, how's Recruits going for you this this time around? Oh, it's great. This is one of my favorite conventions, uh, even, though, even though it's local and I'm a little bit partial. I think it's a, a great con. Uh, you look around, you've got lots of gray hairs, but you've got tons and tons of kids, and the, the whole thing is the convention's all about bringing in uh, the next generation uh, to wargaming and giving them a love for it, and I think everyone here is having a great time. So, Absolutely, and I, I have to note that Wiley Games and Fistful of, Ga- Fistful of Lead in particular is well represented with not one, not two, not three, but four games uh, through various sessions. Uh, so... Why don't you tell us about the the uh, scenarios you're running, and then we'll talk about the other two. Sure. So since the last time I was at Recruits, uh, I put out the core rule book plus the Tales of Horror, which is uh, the Gothic Horror expansion, and uh, the Wasteland Warriors, which is the post-apocalyptic, my take on the post-apocalypse take. Uh, and so I've got both of those games set up, and what I'm doing is switching back and forth. I did... Tales of Horror last night. This morning came in, ran Wasteland Warriors. Going back to the Tales of Horror board, uh, getting ready to switch over back to the Wasteland Warriors, which was going to be my last game, but enough people were nagging at me to play one more time. So at 8 o'clock tonight, it's going to be my last game. Uh, then we've got uh, Chris Clucky from uh, Cluckamuck.blog. 
facebook.blogspot.com. And Chris is running a beautiful 15 millimeter, 54 millimeter, sorry. I've been here a while. 54 millimeter French and Indian War uh, using the uh, original fistful lead horse and musket rules. And uh, great, great terrain setup. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I've already put photos out on Twitter so you can can see, hit the backlog, but it's... I'll, and I'll have a link to, to Chris's blog spot also. And then we've got uh, a lovely Star Wars Galactic Heroes uh, indoor Battle of Indoor game going on right next to it. So we've had three great setups and uh, another Arnold family member is running that one. It looks great. It looks, again, it's got uh, a whole variety of ages sitting around the planet and they're all smiling and laughing so i think that's a good sign yeah it's, it's a testament to the rules it's, it's such an adaptable system and i like that you're able to inject the flavor necessary to get the idea of the genre across sure. and that's really what it is is it's we never pretended to be a historical recreation of any kind of period but we wanted to have something that had more of a hollywood cinematic uh, sort of flair to it so we don't get into the minutia of you know what the different weapons do but more of the effect of what something has and uh, especially with Wasteland Warriors you know we could have had all kind you know three pages of weapon lists and possible things but we sort of congealed it down to fun different kind of weapon types and stuffed it full of weird mutations and uh, uh fantastical effects and part of that strategy was that each supplement is built on the last one so you're introducing characters that are introducing players to new ideas that will build on the next one so for instance the mutations that we have in wasteland warriors would easily be magical spells in a future uh fantasy supplement or could be superpowers in a superpower pulp uh, edition. So once you kind of know, you kind of you'll know for the next thing, and it'll all you know uh, all makes sense with each uh, rendition of the rules. Now, since you were on the show last, you came out with the Gothic Horror, took it to salute. Yep. And then you've also just recently come out with the Wasteland Warriors. What are some genre specific? bits of flavor, some flavor crystals, if you will, that you've injected okay. into uh, Tales of Horror, for example. So with Tales of Horror, we uh, introduce. so in the core, you, you're, you're building your gang, your troop, your cadre, whatever, for whatever period you want. So in this, we're, we're making a bunch of different factions. We have a vampire coven faction, a werewolf pack, uh, a necromancer's uh undead horde uh, uh, cultist faction and then of course the hunters are trying to vent all these nasties and each one has uh, a uh, a basic way to build but each one has their own special abilities so for instance the the vampires have fangs and claws which give them abilities in uh, close combat or they can mesmerize and stun players or uh, uh they have great strength and speed, so they move faster and can cause more damage. Versus the hunters who don't have all those fun stuff, but they have stakes that can kill a vampire on the very first strike. 
um, with Wasteland Warriors where we're introducing our different gangs and we've introduced the idea of robots and mutants and mutated animals and mutated plants. Uh, anybody familiar with the Galactic Heroes know the robots are soulless, so they don't take shock, but uh, they're easier to hit because they have no sense of self-preservation. And mutants get a mutation, and that can be a positive one or a negative one. So uh, one of the sample groups that we have in the game this weekend is a lone mutant named Orange Julius because of the way he was painted orange about 20 years ago. And his mutation is that he cancels all mutations within 12 inches of him. So he doesn't have any mutants in his gang, so the rest of his gang is made up of humans. So little, you know, storyline based on a simple roll of the dice that gave him his mutation. So fun things like that. And in that one... Uh, is mostly about scavenging for uh, lost tech, and it uses uh, the campaign system that we introduced way back in the original Fistful of Lead, but of course with all the fun gear and a need to have to provide for your team. So at the end of between campaign te- campaign turns, you have to feed your your gang, or else they'll start losing players as they, you know, the, the leader who can't feed his uh, his troop will soon not have a troop. So. Right, or they might be wandering off, or yeah. they might yeah. be lunch. Yes, so yeah, it's, uh, if you do a specific, like all uh, mutated animal faction, for example, they have the ability that if they don't have enough food, they can consume another player to pay for, you know, to to provide for it, things like that. Whereas robots don't need to eat, but they have their own uh, pluses and minuses. Well, that sounds like great additions to the line, both. And just real quick, before we wrap up, I note that next month you're having the Wiley War Games weekend here in the KC area. Yes, yeah, so that is a, uh, a small get-together uh, at a local uh, brewery in Independence, Missouri. It's on our historic square. Uh, was able to get a, a nice little spot under the brewery, and uh, we're going to have six to eight uh, games going on, not all fistful led, so we'll have some like a naval battle and a 15 millimeter modern Africa game, and just a chance to chill and hang out, and you know, not have to have a specific schedule, and just sit around and have fun. Maybe for people who don't have a regular gaming group, or and a chance to just you know advertise the brand, and and it's my 50th birthday, so it's a chance to just have a party and play with soldiers. Absolutely. Not that we need an excuse for that, but sounds like a great time. Unfortunately, I, I will be missing it, but mutual friend and my last guest on the podcast, Thomas Foss, is coming out, I hear. Yes, he is. He's coming all the way from California to uh, the No Coast here to put on a – he'll be putting on his uh, famous uh, nightly tournament, his Broken Lances tournament, which features his – laser cut wood flats that are painted to his high standards and that's going to be running all day so we'll have a nice little tournament going on in the background while everybody's playing their individual games it'll be a blast i really wish you could make it but it, not this year not this maybe next year maybe next year yeah but. we're hoping that this will be a, a yearly thing so Sounds great. Well, Jay, thanks for taking some time to talk to me, and uh, you've got great-looking tables, as always. And uh, I I like that you're building a community at the con. 
Yeah, it's, it's you know, this is a, a social hobby as much as we spend uh, in our own little basements toiling away, painting miniatures. Essentially, it's a, it's a game about playing with other people. So uh, anything that builds that camaraderie and, and that uh, joy of playing with soldiers that we all had as little kids is, you know, great. Absolutely. Thanks again, Jay. Sure. Thanks. And I'm with uh, Chris Clucky now. Uh, I've mentioned Chris plenty of times on the podcast, and in particular the beautiful, beautiful 54-millimeter French Indian War games that he runs here at Recruits. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How about you? I am I'm having a blast. It's just been a great, it's been a great show. How many times have you brought your French and Indian War games to uh, Recruits now? Uh, I, bet it's, I bet it's been ten times easily. Yeah. Now, um, the first time I played in one of your games, you were using a different set of rules, but now you're using Jay Wiley's Fistful of Lead with the Horse and Musket variant. Um, what drew you to uh, Jay's game? Um, well, Fist, Fistful is a really fun convention game. Um, you can put six, eight, ten guys around a table. Everybody stays engaged. There's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of fun. It seems to be the kind of game where sportsmanship is really uh, really really evident it's it's just it's a lot like i say it's a lot of fun there's almost always a blood alley that happens there's one part of the table where just mayhem unfolds and um it's really sort of role play-ish in general so um it's really a fun set of rules yeah um i mean we've we've talked at length with jay on the on a previous episode i just got done talking to jay in general here for the for this episode um, yeah, it really is a, a fun, and like you said, it keeps people engaged. And that's really crucial in a convention game because a lot of times you just have folks that are familiar with the rules, and it's easy for them to retreat and look at their phone if they have downtime and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it definitely it hits that note perfectly. Now, you're using 54-millimeter metal figures, and um, is it a mix of manufacturers? Is it one manufacturer? No, it's all John Jenkins designs. So um, I've I've been consistent all the way through. Uh, the John Jenkins figures. Uh, he started really focusing on the French and Indian War, which is what I the period I wanted to start in. He's basically covered the in, the entire war, so it's really easy to game any aspect of the French and Indian War that you like. And he's his figures are also very reasonable for a free, pre, a pre painted miniature. The figures are actually quite reasonable compared to the other figures on the market. So uh, I'm I'm a Jenkins groupie. I, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with that at all. And the, I mean, the results speak for themselves. They, I'll have pictures on. I've actually got f- pictures already on the Twitter feed, but I know you've got tons and tons of pictures on your on your blog at cluckamuck.blogspot.com. Link will be in the show notes. Uh, and how long have you been doing? French and Indian War games, not not just at recruits, but you know prior to that. Oh, it's been I'd say it's been ten plus years. This was going to be a little uh, side period for me. I'm kind of an ancients guy at heart, uh, Romans, Carthaginians in particular. 
Um, but I got interested in the French and Indian War, and I saw the Jenkins figures early on uh, in his releases, and I thought, this could be a fun period to skirmish. And then once I figured out how I wanted to do my terrain, and the more I read about the period, the more interested I got, and it's kind of taken over, really has taken over my game time for the most part. I'm still doing some other things, but uh, this French and Indian War, because of the scope of what you can do with it, it's really, it's really turned into a labor of love for me. Yeah, and the results speak for themselves. And, and I got to say, every time I see your table, the, it just keeps getting better. You know, I, I recognize elements from previous years, but the next time I come, there's always something new. You're always mixing up the scenarios. You're always mixing up the the table layout. It's just absolutely fantastic. Well, thanks. And it, I think it's really important to bring out a new aspect each time, especially the French and Indian War is a very focused period, so you only have a period of a few years where you're focusing. So it's not like you've got a, a, a huge range of different types of units. So you really got to mix it up with your terrain and your scenarios and, and, and make it interesting and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, again, just outstanding job on, on putting on another great game once again. I. You're definitely a credit to the to the hobby, and I wish more people would take a look at your blog and see what can be done with just a few figures in a game because it's it's tons of fun. Great, I really appreciate that. Um, this is a blast. No matter uh, it's a lot of it is a lot of work setting this up. It's a lot of work building everything. It's a lot of work transporting it, setting it up, taking it down. But the players all seem to have a great time, and I have a lot of fun. The whole process is fun for me. So. I would appreciate it. Thanks. Absolutely. Chris, thanks for uh, talking with us again, and uh, safe travels back to Minnesota tomorrow. And that was our recruits. It's Sunday morning. We're headed back to Illinois. Uh, we had a great time. We woke up this morning, had breakfast at Big Biscuit. Yes! There in Lee Summit. It's kind of become a tradition last three times now that we've been to recruits. We've ended the, the weekend at Big Biscuit. And, and folks, they do have Big Biscuits, i got to say. Um, I, I think overall, uh, no, even more than overall, I think we had a good time. Every single one of us, even... Even Master J, even the Junior Wargamer had a good time. Joey, did you have a good time at Recruits? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part? That I got to get to play Xenofera. Yep, we played a couple of card games yesterday. Both of them from Puff Duck Games. One's called Xenofera. It's a, a card game where you go out and search and capture search for and capture alien animal species and the what's what's the best animal that you can that you can search for in that game joey the puff duck that's right the puff duck and of course the puff duck also features in another game that they're releasing or they actually have a kickstarter going for right now called xenofera galactic market it's a bidding game where you 
bid for the animals that folks capture in the other game. So it's pretty neat. They're kind of establishing their own universe with it, and I really like it. It's The artwork's great. Um, the folks that make the game were there at Recruits. Um, the artist, Jeff Porter, was there manning the stand and was very friendly, very nice. Uh, Joey and I talked to him for a good while. He demoed the, the new game for us. Uh the galactic market the original xenopharaoh was in a was in a uh it, it was a neat thing they had set up they you could try a board game that had been donated and anybody that tried the board game you sign your name on a roster and then you got a chance to win that game uh as, as a prize draw so we didn't get it but that's okay because we're we're probably going to get xenopharaoh at some point but uh that that Kickstarter for Xenofera Galactic Market is going on right now. They're not quite there. I'm going to try to get this episode out quickly enough so folks can hear about it. I've already tweeted about it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, 20, 30-minute play time. Good, it'd be a good filler game when you're waiting for the rest of your, rest of your crew to show up uh, for a regular game. But uh, definitely want to check that out. Now, some highlights that I had, of course, you know, playing in Chris Clucky's French and Indian War game. I talked to Chris, and you heard heard his comments on it here previously on the show um now chris did you did you play in that game by chance oh yeah you i played yeah. against you that's right because i yeah. shot you in the face yeah yeah <laughs> my, my entire force the uh british regular light infantry got murdered and uh my my cohorts in crime the uh the british rangers i don't think t- took a single point of damage Probably not. Uh, no, they no, because no. <laughs> they were on the other side of the river of the ant hill that got kicked over. Yeah, it was. I didn't kick over. That's right. It was. It was not a good scene, but uh, I did. I my Iroquois counted mini coup that day for sure. Uh, it was a lot of fun though. I win, lose, or draw. Chris Clucky always puts on a, an amazing game. I've got a lot of pictures and some video that I'll uh, share. Well, by the time folks are hearing this, you've already shared. To an extent, yeah. Because- time travel. Woohoo! So, anyhow, uh, yeah, a great time had by all. Uh, um, and as you heard in the short interviews I was able to conduct with folks, recruits is going from strength to strength to strength, and I just love that show. And and we are we had a great time with the uh, large summit uh we had a good turnout for chain of command uh we had two games going simultaneously of chain of command we had charlie don't surf which uh really really had a a, a, it quickly filled up there were people waiting for dave to finish setting up the table so they could play that was good to see uh we also had uh chris was running uh not a lardy game, but he was running another fistful of lead game for Wiley Games, and he had, he had some difficulty getting some folks in, but he he got some folks in in the end, and they all had a good time. They all enjoyed it. What a tanker and what a space tanker had full had a full table. Uh, I had six players. You had I had six. You had six. Okay, yeah. yeah, we were both shooting for six players, and it worked out pretty well. Um, Dave Churchill, God love him, played what a tanker, had three Panzer threes shot out from under him. But <laughs> but it's, he said, hey, I had a, still had a good time. So that's that's how that goes. Um, 
I think for me personally, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try not to move the week before recruits yeah, yeah, <laughs> next that, year. That's, that, <laughs> that's a good call. It's, uh, that, that's probably the way we want to go with that. Yeah, and I, I think we've got some ideas kicking around for a game or two. Or two. Game or two that we might uh, go ahead and get put together for next recruits and. I'm not going to say much just yet, but if you saw the photos of my table and mentioned, you know, you heard me talking about getting making the table better and better. Uh, so that that should tell you what what you need to know about next year's game for sure. Where we're headed. Where we're headed. And where we're heading, we do need roads. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because the effect of my uh, chalkboard fabric roads, that they, they do look nice. And I've, I've got a way to make them look nicer. A couple different ways I'm going to make them look nicer, but anyhow, um, any any final thoughts? I just it was an amazing show as always, a lot of fun. Um, the energy was was tangible with with everybody around. Um, I know with my uh, fistful of lead game that I ran, um, yeah, it took a little while to get some people interested, but. I got a, a couple of students uh, to come in, and this one 13-year-old kid just tore it up. He 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 read uh, the special abilities on his uh, roster card and used them to the best of his ability. It was really great to see uh, a young kid grabbing onto the game like that. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I had three students in my What a Space Tanker game. Uh, they are all going to be uh, getting free copies of What a Tanker by PDF from courtesy of the Lardies. So, Rich and Nick, thank you very much indeed for for offering that. Uh, you know, like like we've said, Recruits is there to get new new blood into the hobby, and I think I think that uh, the Lardies are stepping up to that particular plate. Joey, did you have any final thoughts on Recruits? It was good, and, and let me tell you what I got. I got Five waste columns, one big, a few small, some robots, two puffed up thingies, two of one character from D and don't know if waste golems are from D and can't remember their names. You talking about the gnolls? Yeah, the gnolls. I got like see. A sea dragon thing. It included some tentacles. Two ogres. Um, some weird creature. And there's something else I got. I don't remember. Bunch of bunch of calves. Yeah. Big stompy robots. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like big stompy robots. Um, so just to. Just to decipher what you heard, there was a, and we'll we'll get some pictures up. Or by now, you've seen the pictures on, <laughs> on Facebook and Twitter of, of our respective halls. I'm, sure. but uh, yeah, it was uh, there was a guy selling some painted models that were very affordably priced. Joey had a budget and he only went over budget by a dollar. So good job, and uh, things all turned out pretty well. Um, Joe got a nice collection of figures that he can put into games from fantasy to sci-fi. So you got to like that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe both, right? 
So my final thoughts, you know, great show as always. Um, to everyone who took the time to talk to me for this show, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, again, huge, huge congratulations to Dr. Dwayne Fleck and his long-suffering wife, Laura. Um, I congratulated her for his doctorate because it, you know, it's a team effort uh, to get a master's and especially a doctorate. So, anyhow, um, thanks to the kids of the uh, of the Lee Summit Strategic Gaming Club. That's you know. Yeah, Dwayne puts it on along with a very dedicated core of adult helpers, but without the kids, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a club to support. So, uh, you know, thanks to you guys, there's we've got this great show that we can all that we can all go to. So, good showing from the veteran wargamer posse, the J3 crew, we'll call them. And uh, on that note, I think it's it's safe to say that uh, we all had a good time. And as always, if the wargaming you're having isn't any fun, you make it fun. That is all. The Better Wargamer is copyright J. Arnold 2019. Music courtesy of freemusicarchive.com.